0: Welcome to our Facebook live feed. I'm Pastor Mike Brunzo with Faith Fellowship Church. Coming to you once again from Taylorsville, Kentucky. I know we're in some tumultuous times right now. There's a lot of people with questions. We've been feeling some of them during the day today. And there's a lot of people that are frustrated and downtrodden and just feeling bad about the way the election is going. And I'm sure it's on both sides of the fence. So, uh i just want to exhort you a little bit tonight on what do we do now and uh you know basically we continue to stand and we continue to pray but i first want to talk about what's going on with this election at least up to this point i'll give you some numbers tonight they may not be accurate at this time but at the time that i did the research on them they were pretty accurate i'm sure they may have changed a little bit by now. I haven't looked at the news in the last few hours, and my wife and I have been in prayer on and off all day this, mor- this morning and this afternoon. And then I spent some time preparing this message for tonight. But uh, I want to share first about the election. Then I want to share from the Word tonight concerning concerning what we must do from this day forward, and. Uh, It's basically come down at this point to the mail-in ballots, and it's not really a surprise to too many people, but President Trump fought against these mail-in ballots uh, from day one. He also fought against extending the election deadline so that they wouldn't be counted days after the election. Unfortunately, some of these judges ruled in favor of the other party and said that yes, they can be counted after the election. And, uh, you know, President Trump had a good reason to oppose all of these issues because he knew there was a uh, evil plot behind them to introduce these ballots sometimes after the election uh, in closely contested states that we're in right now, especially the key battleground states like uh, Georgia with 16 electoral votes, North Carolina with 15, Pennsylvania with 20, Michigan with 16, Wisconsin with 10. And then we have on the outside, maybe not necessarily a battleground state, but it could come down to a couple of battleground states, and that would be Nevada and uh, with six votes and Alaska with three votes. These are all states that are up for grabs. Well, I think they called uh, either Wisconsin or Michigan, I heard, but I'm not sure if that's official yet or not. But Trump has to win Pennsylvania's 20 electoral votes. If he doesn't win them, it's pretty much over for him. But then he also must win any combination of the other uh, key battleground states that are currently up for grab, uh, if he's going to get the 270 electoral votes that he needs. Uh, When I looked at this last, he was at about 214 electoral votes. had a phone call coming in. Pennsylvania would have gave him 234, so he would need any combination of the other swing states to bring him to the 270 required for election. For example, if he wins Georgia, which is 16, North Carolina, which is 15, Nevada, which is 6, and and, uh, Alaska, which is 3, that would give him 274 electoral votes and put him over the top. And then there's all kinds of other combinations that you can come up with that would give him the number of votes that he needs and also for Joe Biden, it would be the same scenario. But last night, he was well on his way to win when all of a sudden the counting stops and the mail-in ballots enter the picture and it suddenly becomes a highly contested uh, issue, which is going to extend, I'm, I'm afraid, into the coming weeks. This is not something that's going to get settled quickly. We are not going to have a outcome to this election until it goes through a number of court battles first individually in the states and then also possibly all the way to the highest court of the land for the final decision. In Wisconsin and Michigan, for example, Trump and Biden were trending pretty well right in line through the entire night and it was an upward trend as the votes were being counted and Trump was on top with, I don't know, twenty or 30,000 votes, maybe a few more And Biden was right underneath them and they kept moving at the same pace and they were parallel all the way up to a certain point in the wee hours of the morning. And then all of a sudden uh, Biden's trend stops and then his line shoots straight up through Trump's and then begins to trend in the same direction again. Uh, And it went up like a rocket, you know, and so that caused a lot of eyebrows to raise. And they started investigating to find out why you would have a jump like that when it was trending like that all night. And then all of a sudden it shoots straight up and then starts trending again after it takes a lead. And so I don't know if this has been uh, made official or it's been proven yet. But uh, it was said that there was approximately 136 to 150,000 ballots that were found somewhere. And that had been misplaced or lost, and these are the ballots that President Trump was concerned with from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, when you have 136, to 150,000 ballots show up unexpectedly, they were found somewhere, you know, delivered to the wrong place, whatever the reason might be, it's uh, pretty much within the realm of responsibility or possibility. However, upon closer exam- examination by the election officials, it was realized that every one of those ballots was a vote for Joe Biden, and it was also noted that uh, there was no other people on the entire ballot that were voted for. It was 136 to 150,000 ballots with Joe Biden for president and nothing else on them, and they were all done in succession. And so this raised a lot of concerns, and I'm sure it would with us as well. And, uh, you know, I have an 11-year-old grandson, Tyler, that can uh, tell that there would be something wrong with that. I mean, it was just too obvious. And uh, what they're asking us to believe is that out of wherever, somewhere between 136 and 150,000 votes, all in line, one behind another, all voted for Joe Biden, and no one else on the ballot got voted for. And, uh, you know, that's kind of... Beyond the realm of possibility. That is more impossible than it is possible and very hard to believe. But I'm telling you, if you think you were in a battle up to now, you haven't seen anything yet. But this is not the time to be faint hearted. This is not the time to start questioning your faith. Start questioning the will of God. If you believe that Trump was supposed to be elected and continue to believe that this election is not over yet. And if you're on the other hand believing for Biden, then continue believing for Biden. Uh, but I'm going to continue to believe for Trump. Uh, I have plenty of reasons why I would vote for Trump and not Biden. And uh, believe it or not, none of them have anything to do with character issues. I don't care about the so-called scandals with Biden. I don't care about Trump's character issues where he's rude and he's just mean and he don't know how to speak to people and stuff. None of that makes any difference to me. For myself, it boils down to one thing, and that's the issue on abortion. And that's why I will vote for Trump over Biden any day of the week. There's other issues as well, but that is the main one. But if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'd like to encourage you in the Word a little bit with Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. Reverend Darrell, he preached on this for uh, Pastor's Appreciation Sunday. He did a very good job on it, so I'm just going to... Glean from some of that and, and uh, reread the scripture and talk about it a minute. It says that in verse 8, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. That rod represented the authority of God and the power of God, the anointing of God. And then in verse 10, it says, So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. In other words, they held his hands up, the one on the the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. In other words, as long as Moses' hands were being held up, Joshua prevailed in the battle, and as soon as his hands became weak and he was lowering his hands, Joshua would begin losing the battle. And so, uh, Uh, That's why they were holding up his hands. They gave him a place to sit down. This is their leader. This is their pastor. And they gave him a place to sit down and then one on one side and one on the other. Uh, Aaron and her held his hands up until Joshua won the battle. And basically, that's what we're going to have to do until this whole thing is over. And it's not going to be over too soon. I can promise you that. It's our job to get under our president and gird him up. He's been fighting this battle for over four years, and the hordes of hell have been unleashed upon this man. I don't know of anybody that has gone through the things that he's gone through and the things that he had to be, that he had to put up with and the attacks on his, not only his self, but his family, his integrity, his honesty, his reputation. And our job in this thing is just to hold his hands up. It's the church's job to hold his hands up uh, in this battle, because just like Aaron and her and, and Moses, President Trump is the leader of the greatest nation in the world. He's the most powerful leader in the world. And it's our jobs as a church to hold his hands up through this entire battle. You know, we prayed for people to get out and vote, and God answered that prayer. And I know there's a lot of different uh, disappointed people right now, but, you know, people turned out in record amounts for this vote. That's what we prayed for, and and, uh, records were set at certain polls. Maybe not all records were set, but a lot of polls were, there were records set at these polls for the number of people that voted, but now we have to pray that all the votes get counted, they get counted accurately, and they get counted fairly, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of hanging it up. Well, we prayed, and it doesn't look like Trump's going to win, and, you know, Well, that's the wrong attitude to have. Why should your faith change now because the battle isn't going your way? Maybe it's not going your way because you quit holding up the arms of our leader. We need to hold his hands up and we need to continue to hold them up through this entire battle, not just the first part. You know, we're praying that every rock is turned and that all voter fraud will be revealed. Now, I know that you know, I'm a I'm a pronounced Republican I'm, or a conservative, I say, and I'm a Trump man. That's there's no secret about that, you know. But when I pray for a fair and accurate uh, ballot count, I'm talking about on both sides. I'm looking for a righteous end to this thing. I'm not looking for uh, I I I'm not praying for God to change votes. God won't change votes. That would be fraud. I'm just praying that the votes that have been cast by everyone be counted and be counted fairly and accurately, and if there's a vote in there that doesn't belong, that it be rooted out. Amen. But, you know, I know people are disappointed, and it's okay to be disappointed, but it's not okay to be discouraged. We shouldn't be discouraged at this point. I mean, we are, the battle we just fought, getting people out to vote, we won that battle, and, and so we got people out to vote. People came out to vote in, in like I said, record uh, numbers. But this is going to be a long, hard fight, and it's going to go on for quite a while because now that this election is contested, it's going to go into the court system, and it's going to be have to be finalized in the courts of America. And I'm saying that it will probably go all the way to the Supreme Court for a final decision. Um, it makes sense now all the things that Trump went through trying to appoint these judges, and I, I think that he appointed good, honest, integrable judges, even in the lower courts, but especially in the su- Supreme Court. And uh, pardon my French, but you can see the hell that he went through getting getting these judges appointed, especially with uh, the last one. Nobody wanted to get that judge appointed because it was gonna it's gonna change the future of this country and the history of this country. And now I can see why he worked so hard in nominating and fighting for these justices to get them in place, because it's all going to boil down to some of the decisions that are going to have to be made in this land in the next few weeks. And uh, I know that uh, most of the judges in, in the Supreme Court now, the justices, are constitutionalists. In other words, they believe in the Constitution and the letter of the law, and they are going to interpret law according to the Constitution and not according to any of their uh, individual ideas. But as long as the church is praying, our president is going to prevail. And most of the church quit praying last night because the ballots were cast, and now it's time to rest because the battle's over, but that's it's not the case. It may have been the the end of one battle, but the war is still uh, raging, and it's still going on, and now we're fighting another battle it's just on a different hill, and so we have to keep praying. And I believe Tr- President Trump will prevail. That's my desire. That's my belief. That's where I'm placing my faith. faith. But if that's all we're looking for, then we've missed it as a church. And we've, we've been going through through hell for a long time now, and it isn't over yet, but it was all for a purpose. And, you know, some of the things that we've learned or at least should have learned from this COVID-19, which is just one of the battles that we've been fighting, is overcoming fear. If you haven't learned to overcome fear since March to this date, then you've got some serious work that needs to be done in your life. And, you know, we learn how to walk in faith and we learn how to trust God, you know. God doesn't cause the trials and the tests to come into our life, but he sure uses them to our advantage. He sure teaches us lessons through these tests and trials that we go through. And, and one lesson was to how to overcome fear, how to walk in faith and trust him for our healing, trust him for his protection. And, and the main thing is that we needed to learn how to walk in love now more than ever And yet, instead of doing that, I think many of us failed in that area. I failed a little bit myself, but my eyes were finally open in time. And uh, I found myself getting angry. I found myself being frustrated, hurt, even felt a little bit of hatred in my heart. And it's all wrong because I know God loves every one of us and he loves every one of them. And, you know, all of those things are being tested right now in this process. And if we're not victorious in this area, then we will never accomplish the Lord's will in this earth. And that's what it's all about. We're here to accomplish his will. And I know we're feeling most of the things I just mentioned, but we have to understand that our God loves each and every one of us, saved and unsaved, Jews and Gentiles, black and white, He even loves Democrats, Republicans. He even loves Democrats. And Democrats, he even loves Republicans. And he loves us first as an individual. He loves us each individually. And that's what we need to do as well, because he's our example. And if he loves us as an individual, we need to love everybody else as an individual. And we have to lay aside their labels. We have to lay aside their beliefs. We have to lay aside the fact that We don't agree with them, and they don't agree with us, and we have to look through all of that, and we still have to love them because God loves them, and he commanded us to love them as well. And we have to love them just the way they are. We can't expect them to change something. We have to love them just as they are, just as God loved us as we were. And I'm not saying you have to love what they're doing, and I'm not saying that you have to agree with them or pander with anybody. I'm just saying that God requires us to love them. And uh, you may say, well, they're our enemies. Yeah, and I might tell you that God says that we're to love our enemies. Amen. And I mean, do you think God loves everything you do? Do you think God agrees with everything that you do? I think not. But I can tell you this much without any question at all. He still loves you. He don't love you because of who you are and what you do. He loves you in spite of who you are and what you do. And that's how we're to love our brothers and sisters, and we're to love our enemies. And our mission as a church is to preach the gospel and get as many people saved and into the kingdom of God as we can possibly do. And I'm afraid the devil had us distracted for a good period of time right now. He has changed people's attitudes. He's changed our love walk. He's changed the way that we feel about one another. He's changed the church and the face of the church, and we lit him. And it's time that we open our eyes and realize that those people on the street and those people in the church are not our enemies. It's the the devil, the one that's behind everything, the spirits that are behind everything stirring these things up through people. And we have to be able to see through that. And we have to get our focus back on our mission. And our mission is to get people saved, born again, and into the kingdom of God. God is looking for a harvest, and the time is getting shorter and shorter. And that's one of the reasons the devil is acting as crazy as he is, because he knows that he hath but a short time. And so he's pulling out all the big guns. He's, he's letting out all the stops, and he's going for it 100%. And we have to be more determined than he is, if we're going to win. And you know, uh, like I said, so many people have fell into the devil's trap and let these trials and tests that we've been going through, especially this COVID-19 trial and test, and it's changed us into his image instead of the image of God. We're to be changed into the image of God. and And no matter what the outcome of this election is, After all this is over and the dust settles, we must emerge as a more focused and stronger church with a greater focus on our mission, which is people and the harvest. And we're going to have to love people into the church, love people into the kingdom of God, not condemn them into the kingdom of God. And as we wait for the official election results to be certified and all the electors to vote, we have the assignment to be in prayer for the officials who are part of the managing of the election process itself. That is your state's secretary of state. And in the event of litigation, which we will definitely have in the battleground states, potentially your state's attorney general. Now, I don't know what states you're in, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Tennessee, Michigan. Uh, I know our, our Facebook live feed uh covers a lot of different areas, but you just have to Google who your uh, attorney general is and who your secretary of state is in Kentucky here. Uh, and the reason I'm telling you this is because we need to pray for him by name. And, and he's uh, secretary of state is Michael Adams. And our attorney general is Daniel Cameron. I'm sure that most of you know the attorney general because of recent uh, publicity over the Brianna Taylor case. But uh, if you're not in Kentucky, like I said, just Google them for your state and it's our job to pray and intercede for all of the election workers and the whole process of counting these elections and I know there are places in the Bible where God would reveal the strategy of the enemy to his people he would reveal the strategy of the enemy to his leaders so that they would have a leg up on the battle that they were going into And I know that no matter what is done in the deepest, darkest chambers of hell and everywhere else, the darkness of evil, God can and will reveal it if we pray. And that's what we need is we need the the evil plans of the enemy. And I'm not talking about the Democratic Party. I'm talking about the devil, the author of all these things. We need to pray that his plans be revealed to President Trump and all the officials that need to, see these things before they walk into the traps so for the last couple of minutes I think I'd like to pray uh, right before we close give you some things to think about when you when you start to pray but we need to continue to pray and intercede for our country our nation and our president so let's pray father we pray and intercede right now for all the election workers All the clerks, as they're processing the election results, we ask you to strengthen them and enable them to get the job done timely, accurately, honestly, with integrity, and fairly. And we ask for supernatural energy, clarity of mind, patience, grace, fortitude, and wisdom from God for all those that are working to tally these votes. We know it's a tremendous job, and we know that they're tired, but they must continue with all due diligence. And for the votes that are questionable, we ask that they will be looked at carefully and that every decision and every outcome will be made in a non-prejudicial, non-partisan way. And we pray that the certification of all the election results will reflect an accurate count that is free of errors and fraud. And when this election is over, we'll all be satisfied to know that it was counted and tallied accurately and honestly. And we pray for clarity, peace, supernatural energy, wisdom, and strength. We pray that anything in darkness will be exposed and brought to the light. That every evil plot will be exposed for exactly what it is. And we declare a fair and honest election in America. We ask for an increase in an angelic host. We ask you that you surround these electoral officials with ministers of fire and you would surround them with ministering spirits and guardian angels that would watch over them and they would push them back into line every time that they step out of line and try to do something that's unrighteous and that every evil plot is going to be exposed and corrected and rectified. We declare a fair and honest election in Jesus name and we, we declare a fair and honest counting of every ballot in this nation. We ask for wisdom for the lawyers and that every judge will rule only by the letter of law as set forth in the Constitution of the United States. We pray that you will give the judges, attorney generals, and all those concerned, not only wisdom, but you will give them discernment. And and also we pray for peace and calm over our nation. Right now, in the streets of our nation, we pray peace and calm peace and calm. We pray for every woman, every man that's in the streets, every child, every boy, every girl, every law enforcement officer, every official that's trying to maintain law and order, whether it be a police officer or a a sheriff or a, a deputy or a national guard or anybody, that they will exercise patience and wisdom in every decision that they make and everything that they do in the coming days. And we say any plans of the devil to win anything this elect, in this election, we say, Mr. Devil, you will not accomplish your, purchase, your purpose in the name of Jesus, not in this election, not in this United States, not in this nation, not in individual states, because this is God's land. It's in God that we trust. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come in the name of Jesus and sweep this nation. Open the eyes of the deceived and enter into the hearts of those that have been led astray. And we ask for a mighty move of your spirit. We ask for a spiritual awakening in this land. And we ask for it today in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agreed with that prayer, say amen. Amen. I agree with it. I approve this message. I approve this prayer. Hallelujah. But be encouraged. It's not over yet. And again, no matter who's elected, I believe it's going to be Trump when the dust settles. But no matter who's elected, our focus should be on how we bring this church out of this thing and through this thing and what our mission is after this is over regardless of who the president is it doesn't make our mission any different it doesn't change our mission it can make it easier or it can make it harder but it can't change the mission the mission stays the same stay in prayer stay in the word stay in fellowship and we will see you sunday god bless you we love you and appreciate you be careful and be safe